Yes, Sunday morning it certainly is, and this is the media show. So for the next two hours, we talk brand communications. Welcome to the show. You have, you can, you can communicate. In fact, on the air with me by first prices to call in at any stage in the, in the next two hours to 0891 0891-104207, 0891-104207, uh, if you're SMSing me. And if you are tweeting, you can tweet to at Ashraf Ghanada. Also use the hashtag media show. Would be great if you do that. Now, we thought, of course, Heritage Day has come and, and gone. Heritage Month is not yet gone, of course. And we thought it's a good idea to just talk about, you know, Heritage Day in terms of communications and had a chat with Sarah Britton about advertising around Heritage Day. And, of course, she's got some thoughts about it. Uh, I'll talk about cool later on. But we thought it's a good time to talk about just how adverts, in fact, have shaped South Africa's heritage. I've got three guests. Sarah Britton is one of them, who's a strategic director at uh, for South Africa and Africa at the Lab Store. Andy Rice is with me. He's the chairman of the Yellowwood Future Architects. I've got that right, Andy, right? Okay, and Alistair McQuena is the MD of uh, Draft FCB. So, uh, Alistair, Andy, Sarah, good morning to all three of you. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good. Right. Good morning. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, indeed. Sarah, let me, let me start with you, only because, I mean, you, you've... You, you've done some serious academic work around the subject. So, so talk to me about this in broad terms, how, how adverts have shaped South Africa's heritage. I was always fascinated with how uh, just before the end of apartheid, we, we started seeing all those beer ads. I'm, I'm sure you'll remember them, um, which showed people in, um, you know, socializing as though apartheid didn't exist. And in many ways, advertising led the conversation. And then as um, we saw political changes going on, a lot of advertisers started, um, um, in, and that would include uh, Castle Lager and other brands, started talking about a new South Africa, a new South African identity. There was a very long series of um, ads for Castrol, which were all about the, the, the challenges of, of all the political mm-hmm. changes we were going through. Vodacom um, also played in that space very strongly. So we, we saw ads that almost encapsulated the debates that were going on. They distilled them to, uh, you know, 30 or 40 second narratives that allowed people to kind of make sense of stuff. If, if you think back to the, the Vodacom ad with the yuppie and, and the old guy selling the windmills, it was a really clever little narrative of, of a shift in power, but it was made palatable and, and people loved that ad. And, and to me, that's one of the narratives that best captures how advertising can take a really complex situation, distill it down to something manageable, and then almost start a base around it All for right. a conversation. We, we, we look at some very specific examples in, in a minute. Andy, let, let me go to you. I mean, the, the, the question we're asking almost is, you know, adverts have adverts shaped South Africa's heritage? I mean, would, would the answer be yes to that? I think a selective yes. Mm. I, I don't think that um, every advertisement sets out to make a social uh, statement. Uh, brands like Nando's have done it consistently over the years. Mm. But heritage itself is, a, is something you would have to define before you could really answer that question because this year, being 20 years since the 94 elections and the dawn of democracy, we've seen a, a, a raft of advertisements that came out celebrating that this, I don't know, rather artificial, frankly, 20-year milestone um, with a lot of brands claiming some kind of heritage as a mm, result. Mm, but mm. I think there's a difference between heritage and uh, maturity or heritage and simply being around for a while. And, and what is the difference? According well, to I you? think the difference is that um, heritage is, is where you have a very consistent 
uh, platform and, and, and brand proposition which has survived and endured through periods of time that, uh, that perhaps there have been other changes in society that have happened at the, same, at the same moment. And the brand is a consistent beacon of stability throughout that period and still relies on it. So if you take, for example, a brand like Mercedes-Benz, mm -hmm. they still talk about the fact that it was, it was Benz himself who was the, uh, one of the founders of the mm -hmm. automotive mm -hmm. industry. Mm -hmm. And, and so they, they, they use that engineering heritage right the way through, regardless of the sea changes in society that have taken place in the interim. Okay, that's quite interesting. Alistair McQuenor, just your opening thoughts on an advertising and how it shaped South Africa's heritage, if, if it has, in fact. Alistair? Okay, we'll, we'll connect with him in just a, a second. 0891104207. You may give me some thoughts around this one, Yeah, Sarah Britton, I mean, just your thoughts. If, if we're saying, you know, do adverts, and as you've heard Andy say in some cases, do adverts shape South Africa's heritage? Or in fact, are adverts a reflection of, of South Africa's heritage? Which one is it? Sarah? Okay, we don't have Sarah. We'll, well, uh, I could jump uh, in on that you're one. You're going to have right? to jump in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, think it, I think it depends an enormous amount because I think brands can take a conscious decision to lead or to reflect. You can either take out your crystal ball and say, we want to put the brand 10 years, 5 years, whatever it may be, ahead of current social norms, mm. or, we'll, we'll, or we'll tag along behind and we'll, and we'll surf the wave. The latter is much easier. It's risk-free, relatively speaking. You just have to be vaguely aware of what's going on around you and position your brand accordingly. But to take a, a real futuristic view and say, I want my brand to be, as Sarah said earlier, in terms of the beer, mm. reflecting a situation which is coming but not here yet, gives your, your brand a sense of, of, uh, of really being on the ball. Um, and I think that that's, that's the, the, the riskier but probably the more rewarding option to take. Which, which means what? They, they in fact pick up a trend and in, in South Africa's case the trend was this country's there's a new country coming up soon absolutely right? and, and reflecting yeah. this the social environment that isn't there yet but is coming and I think the real challenge then is to be uh, to, to successfully strike a balance between having a heritage and not being old-fashioned so it's very easy to say we've been around for a hundred years and look at all things we've done but some some people will interpret that as meaning that's an old brand, it's not mm, today's mm, brand. Mm, so, mm. so exploiting a heritage is something that must be done with caution because that's the only, uh, because there is this risk that, that, that having a heritage means not being contemporary. I want to check, in fact, with, with Kanye, my controller, whether we in fact have Sarah and uh, Alistair back. Sarah, okay, we do have you back, right? We were asking yes, your, your, back. your, your <laughs> input. That's heritage for you. I'm you also see. big, that's right. Okay, good stuff. Sarah, let's start with you. Yeah. Your, your thoughts on that question about, you know, wh whether, in fact, adverts reflect heritage or, or do they set the agenda before, before heritage kicks in? And, and for us, we have this classic way of judging it in terms of 1990 or 1994, isn't it? I, I think adverts are good at plugging into pre-existing culture and drawing out strand and by taking them out and repackaging them and putting them in a format that's easily shareable um, and 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 starts conversations that that then leads to more visibility for that particular strand of cultural discussion so if, if you look at the nando's blue light brigade ad right now mm -hmm. they plugged into something that's been part of conversation for a long time but by taking it and um mocking it and and turning it into an ad um they've they put a different spin on it. So I think advertising, it's a combination of um, plugging into things that 
are authentic because um, that's something that came through very strongly in the Lurie this year at, at the Creativity Seminar was authenticity and stories that people can relate to are really important. So, you know, an, an advertiser can't just come along and and make a grand statement which has no bearing on reality. It's got to be rooted in something real. But by taking it and putting it in a format that people can talk about and relate to, that then subtly shifts the conversation and people start talking about things in a slightly different way. And I think that's that's the role of advertising now, particularly in an environment where there is so much social media influencing conversation. I wrote my PhD thesis mm. on, on ads that didn't have the benefit of Twitter or Facebook. And, and it's really interesting how those conversations have become completely integrated in the way brands communicate now. Though they certainly have, yeah. Alistair, just your, your thoughts on that again, you know, what, what comes first, ads or, or heritage? Yes, I think, I mean, heritage goes along with culture. Culture for me is an outcome of human interactions, and heritage is looking back and saying, what did we have as a nation? What have we built over time? And I ads. Ads that are remembered and loved by consumers are based on storytelling as well, and Andy as well. You know, based on universal and truth. And if you look at our history as a nation, we've gone through a very harsh past. Ads have been the only constant, you know, where, where you actually consumers have some sort of um, sort of shorthand, you know, some sort of bear to to make them transcend their current reality. And I think, you know, when you when you actually talk about heritage, we need to think about the fact that sometimes we're just losing we're just losing Alistair for the moment Alistair sorry just a bad line they will try and reconnect with you so we just lost the last bit of what you had to say I look at some of the SMS's 34701 and let me throw this to you as well as as the as someone listening you know not just today I'm not talking of current maybe in the last well let, let's a good example for 1990 onwards adverts for you that have that have absolutely worked that that reflects South Africa's heritage. Um, which ones are they? Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. That's if you wish to call in and engage with us on the air. But you also have the option to SMS three four seven zero one three four seven zero one. And if you wish to tweet, you can uh, tweet at Ashraf Gandhi. We're talking about adverts and how they've shaped South Africa's heritage, or or have they? In fact, three guests. You've heard the voice of Alistair McQuena before that, Sarah Britton, and Andy Rice, who's the chairman of the Yellowwood Future Architects. Andy, so. In, I mean, there's a whole series of adverts. You, Sarah mentioned blue, the, the blue, the Nando's one, the latest one. But but over the period of time, I mean, adverts that that, that sort of that, that we can talk about that have made this the significant difference. You see, when we talk about heritage, I think for the listener, it's not just a nice, cute advert that we can laugh about. We we're obviously talking about what an advert that essentially would change an attitude of all of us in terms of how we feel about a nation or about our country at that point in time, isn't it? Yes, I think there was a huge uh, welling up of national pride that followed uh, 94 and in fact was, was evident in some brands prior to that. Again, the question of whether they led or, or, they, or they followed. Um, I can, the most obvious ones would be the ones that were actually promoting the nation itself. So mm -hmm. the, um, the IMC brand South Africa, d uh, its early campaigns were fantastic in terms of repositioning public perceptions of what the country had to offer and demonstrating diversity and reconciliation in, in those communications. They were absolute milestones, I believe. I think they've lost their way somewhat since. But it's quite interesting also to see how some brands... Because just to stay with yeah, that, I mean, you're yeah. talking about it, it's the Alive with Possibility adverts, right? Yes. I mean, it certainly gave, and it should give all of us, a, a tremendous sense of pride in your country. I think... Is, is, that, is that what it should be doing, if we're talking heritage? 
Well, I think what that campaign was doing was trying to talk to two audiences simultaneously. It was trying to encourage inbound foreign tourism and to a lesser extent investment. But it was also trying to ensure, uh, following good branding principles, that when people responded to that call and came here, they actually experienced what had been promised. And that's a message that had to get through to the local South African population to say, look, this is the country we can create. It's not perfect now. We're a long way to go. But if you start on that journey, then the people who respond to the same message from other markets and come in here, we'll see, we'll see the loop being being closed and the promise made being kept. Let's get to some of the calls three four seven zero one if you're SMSing, but uh, otherwise oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven six. Let's get your thoughts. Hi. Thank you very much, Ashok. I don't believe advertising can ever um, uh, hark back to heritage at all uh, because that's gone and that doesn't appeal to the current stuff. It, uh, to the current uh, 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 audience at all. Uh, what, we, what appeals to the current audience, and I loved it, was that um, overbearing strongmanship of our ruling, <laughs> of our rulers, which was displayed in, in, in this wonderful adver- advertisement on, on, on the blue light brigades clashing in, <laughs> in, in, in a four-way uh, uh, clash. Mm. Uh, uh, okay, so, so you're exactly saying aspirational adverts don't talk to you at all no but this this is a uh, this is a, a a current status quo situation of 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 of, of mafias who are crossing streets uh, in disregard of the entire south african civilization and they did so wonderfully well nando's with that fa- fantastic advert and 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 this okay. is the kind i got the, i got I would, the point i would have all recommended right. a doctorate being being offered to 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 a communications uh, student for, for for how we uh, traversed the territory between uh, apartheid and this horrible dispensation. Okay, you've, you've made the point. Thank you. Basically, what you're saying is the aspirational things don't really work for you, but the Nando's one, the Blue Light Brigade, absolutely does work. Alistair, hopefully your line's better now. I'd love you to. Yeah, yeah. I'd love you to comment on that. You see, the, the call is almost suggesting adverts that reflect a culture of being critical of service delivery issues for example works for for that person and one can talk about the blue light brigade or the sense of entitlement we can talk about the water problems versus just simply you know love your country what are your thoughts yeah i mean i think think for the longest time our adverts were actually guilty of sort of equating aspirations financial success and i think what what you've seen over the years is some brands are now moving to it's talking about values and stand for an idea or some sort of philosophy. So I think I think Harry can also be a reflection of our values as South Africans. And if you look at you know sort of brands that actually poke fun at where we've come from, how uniquely South African we are as a frontier nation. Um, you know, like if, if if you look at brands like sort of Isuzu, sort of Crip Drift, Toyota over the ads, as well as you know like um um some Vodacom ads for like you know um Kaiser Chiefs or like you no know, pirates. I mean mm-hmm. those those ads reflect how people relate um, to each other, how people celebrate the culture, and where they actually come from as a people. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't actually have the fact that advertising can never reflect aspiration. Okay, let, let me bring in Sarah Britton. I mean, just touch on your, your, and I know you're involved in this. Let's get that right. In in, in this cool campaign that it comes up in this big award thing taking place on Tuesday, but. Talk, talk to me about that. I mean, what are you trying to achieve then? And let's integrate that into our discussion right now. Well, 
Who is a, a lovely brand to work on because it, it gives me a chance to put some of my academic uh, theory into practice. And it's a brand that's been around for a very long time, um, 75 years. It's uh, always, it, it was the second favorite brand at this year's Top Brands Award behind Coca-Cola. And it's, I'm, I'm fascinated by the relationship that people have with Coo. And, and we decided that the best way to explore this was to ask uh, South African designers from various backgrounds to design us a T-shirt, because there isn't a Coup T-shirt per se, uh, to explore how they felt about it. And it's really interesting what came out, like Craig Jacobs, the fashion designer, talked about, um, you know, the this, this sense of, of self that you get, the sense of pride, weirdly, that you get from seeing a South African brand. It was interesting that both he and Jeremy Nell, the, the cartoonist, when I asked them, what can a brand like Coo mean to mm, you mm, as mm. South Africans? They both cited visits to Australia where when they saw the brand, they felt homesick. It, that, that brand almost became a, sim, a symbol of South Africa. And, and it's interesting the way brands that we grew up with, just because they've been around and we've grown to trust them, start to symbolize uh, a very mm. important aspect that, that's of our identity. That's interesting. When you see a brand, you get homesick. I know a wedding, uh, and they were selling you, uh, and having just been, well, outside of the, of the country, just six months after the World Cup, uh, went to Singapore, and all they could say is, is uh, Bafana or, or World Cup and, and Shakira as as this ambassador <laughs> for, for South Africa, which is very interesting. Or Waka Waka, just by the way, which just simply tells you that. You, you want to pick up on, on, on that, you know, the... At what stage is, is uh, you know, when we talk of heritage, is it aspirational or, or is it picking up on the national narrative, which now is service delivery, really? I think there are two points there, Ashraf. I think um, the first one is to try and draw a distinction between a brand having heritage and a brand using the nation's heritage. Mm, mm. Um, and it's significant, I think, that um, the two brands that Sarah referred to there from the, the recent awards, um, Coca-Cola and Coo, both have a very long brand heritage as well as being part of the tapestry of South Africa. So I think they're, they're, they're digging into both heritage streams and that's probably one of the contributors to their strengths. But brands as indicators of national pride and partisanship, that's a fascinating topic mm, as well. Mm, I, mm. I did a rather informal piece of research some years ago for an article I was writing where I simply wrote to as many people, as many expats South Africans as I, as I could get hold of and asked them in turn to ask the same question question of all of their South mm, African mm, circle, which was, which brands do you miss most? As simple as that. And what, did, what did they but say? Head and shoulders, Mrs. Bull's chutney was, really, was yeah. and Omar's rusks. And then some uh, interesting ones like Peppermint Crisp, um, various mealy meal brands, all nearly all foodstuffs or beverages. Um, wow. Uh, Peppermint but, but Crisp, I know. strong sense of I of have family in Canada. What is it that they love about Peppermint Crisp? I have no idea. Highly on the <laughs> line. Hi, let's get your thoughts. Hi. Good morning, Mr. Ashraf, and to your listeners. Yeah, good morning. Look, uh, South Africa is must promote the rainbow spirit, the spirit of the rainbow, the spirit of the Holy Tata Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. And the South Africa is I'm very highly proudly uh, because of supporting many African countries. And the South Africa must also benefit while they're spending millions and the billions by assisting the many African nations. So yeah, but I, I, I need to talk about adverts. Can you talk to me about adverts directly? Not about government, about, about adverts that maybe reflect where we are in terms of our heritage. 
Well, we have very, very you know, interesting, you know, globally, the world in one country that reflecting of the rainbow nation spirit. You can use that mm. kind of advert from what, you know, what I want to in my side, in my, my opinion, so that uh, there's a many adverts in the nature, the beauty of the nature in the United, you know, the potential of the country so that, you know, we can navigate a lot because of the South Africa has a lot of potential and a lot of resource. Okay, thanks for, thanks for that uh, call, uh Heidi Liz saying I absolutely agree with Sig um, and, and there's a couple more heritage means what heritage soil equal asset property there's a whole lot of things around that okay got that just by the way I don't want to forget this um, so you know we uh, once in a while I always invite volunteers to come and assist us off well off the air uh, assist the producer Matapello uh, on the show so if you are in marketing and brand communications and you want to assist us it's Mahala you're not going to pay you but the heritage that you will up would, would be sort of great for you I think so if you're keen drop me an email to um, ashraf at safm.coza spelled A-S-H-R-A-F and simply tell me why uh, we should be talking about you or, or we should getting you we should get you on board maybe two commitments every four weeks so we can sort of rotate four or five different people if you can let me know right uh, there's the Nandra's advert why, why do we love South Africa reason number two I thought let me let me play this one and and we can maybe just talk about it let me just see if Kanye can do that okay let's let's play this one yeah go ahead to celebrate our 25th birthday, we're giving you 25 reasons why we love South Africa. Reason 2. I love the song. We all know the words to our national anthem. I love the song so much. Another reason to love South Africa. A quarter chicken, chips, and a limited edition bottle of Coke for only $39.90. Nando's, 25 years and still playing with fire. Sarah, let, let's talk about that. I mean, this is just the one advert. I'm not going to dwell on this only, but, you know, remember Nando's did this one. They also did the one where, you know, uh, the one about the airplane landing in Cape Town and almost made a Mickey of, of where South Africa really was, right? You know, how much of it is, is high risk? Because it's something that, that Andy brought up early on, that it's it's good to play with heritage, but it also can be very, very risky. Oh, it can. But I think it's more risky for a brand like Nando's, which has built its 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 own brand heritage on, on being um, edgy and a little bit controversial. If they weren't controversial, it would be a bigger risk for them. And I, I love the way Nando's, um, which I, and, and I wrote an entire chapter in my thesis about them, but for for a very long time, they've been incredibly good at looking at what's going on in society, whether it was in, you know, about 97 when um, homosexuals were becoming more, uh, much more visible in society or then we, we had issues around corruption now, blue light brigades, that was in Kalakata and they plug into a conversation. Um, you know, it's, it's a long-standing joke, but that's one of the favorite songs, particularly at Afrikaans weddings. White people just love that song, um, mm, mm, which mm. kind of mystifies a lot of black people. And they, they, they took that and they turned it into an ad. And it's a great conversation starter. They also looked at um, uh, the Isakotania phenomenon with custard and burning clothes. They're incredibly good at looking at what's going on in society right now, um, creating content and starting a conversation. And for me, heritage 
you know, we, we tend to focus on heritage as the past, or this is what, you know, legacy and all of that. For me, heritage is very dynamic. It's ongoing. It, it, it changes every single day. And mm. brands are really good at becoming part of that tapestry. You know, Andy talked about the tapestry of South Africa. For me, the opportunity with Heritage Month is for brands to celebrate their role in, in daily life, in culture, in, in how... Nothing is ever certain in this country. And that's yeah. one lesson we can learn from 20 years. We can change. And that's fantastic. Indeed. Alistair McQuenna from yep. uh, Draft FCB. Hopefully your line's slightly better because we've got about three minutes to go. But for someone who does not consume alcohol at all, I often get asked about this, just how iconic all these Castle Lager SA Breweries adverts have been. Talk to me about, about how important they've been because they've also positioned themselves into sponsoring the national cricket, soccer and rugby team. So, so they're very much up there with patriotism. I mean, I think I spoke about sometimes brands can represent our best selves or our best aspirations as a nation. So I think for the longest time, showing, you know, sort of racially inclusive ads felt a little bit artificial, felt a little bit contrived. But I think if you, if you beat the same drum over and over again, it becomes a consistent message, it becomes comfortable, and consumers eventually catch up with you and say, right, I feel comfortable seeing, you know, a mixed group of guys having a bride celebrating soccer. So I think, I think if you look at what um, Castle Lager has done, over the years, they've sought to be, to be um, you know, sort of at the forefront of nation building, of patriotism, of reminding us of what's actually possible. And, and also sometimes I think, we we sort of make the mistake of uh, um, kind of linking um, sort of heritage to very deep and very highly um, sort of emotive topics. But, but I mean, you know, sometimes heritage is actually about looking at characters, archetypes, and looking at you know sort of occasions and rituals. Mm. You know, if you look mm. at Castle Lager, Castle Lager reflects quite a few well-known archetypes in our society which people can relate to, and I think through that you actually um, sort of able to. Um, sort of navigate around racial stereotypes. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you, when you, when you show the average bloke that you and I can relate to, people look at that and think, wow, this is a very relevant brand with, with very relevant socially expressive okay. benefits. But, but, but you do get, you get the converse as well. And let, let's wrap up with this in the next two minutes with, with Andy Rice principle. You see, in the case like the Castle Lager one, you almost had a situation where South Africa's changed because we've now voted. And suddenly, and we all know, those who are older, that, Black and white did not talk to each other. They were kept apart for years. You, I mean, you couldn't even go to the same uh, uh, picnic area. You know, you're just not allowed. Suddenly, these adverts come up, and, and they give a sense that, you know, people are socializing in the same bars, in the same sport, and they're all the best of friends. And the converse to that is, it's happening now, but, but nowhere near as reflective of the population. Well, the interesting thing about the Castle case study is that you... It, it runs alongside a fellow brand from the same company, Lion Lager, mm, mm, mm. which failed to navigate across the transition of democracy. And yet it came from a similar-ish heritage. It was all about um, uh, camaraderie and brying on the beach and, and about rugby. But they were, they, as far as I'm aware, we still like to bry, we still like to watch rugby, and we still like to drink together. Mm, yet Lion mm. Lager failed somehow to steer itself into the new interpretation of a long standing social dynamic. Castle Lager succeeded and that's why today we have the one brand and not the okay. other. Okay. Sarah, maybe your, your final thoughts. I mean, it, it does tell you, should, should adverts talk about the, those new social dynamics, like cultural mixing, which for people outside the country is like, what are you talking about? For us it is critically important uh, around 1990, 1994. I think it's incredibly important for, ad, for brands to stay relevant to talk about the stuff that, 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 that consumers are interested in. If you, 
if you try to float above it all and don't ever talk about the stuff we care about, you're just not going to be relevant and we're going to lose interest in you. So from a business point of view, I think it's in your interest to talk about the stuff we care about. And just uh, I was doing my research on that castle campaign. The very interesting thing was it didn't score very well with white beer drinkers, but it scored incredibly well with black beer drinkers who uh, at the time thought it was incredibly aspirational and really liked what they were saying about the possibilities. So it, it didn't appeal equally to the entire target audience, but uh, they... They then brought out the homecoming ad in 1991 about the mm. return of Excel, their most successful ad ever. And that really did an excellent job of demonstrating that they, they understood the psychology of that transition. And it was a very hopeful ad. And it did a great job for the brand. So ads that successfully plug into Dynamics uh, and Vodacom, I think, is another example. Um, it pays off because people like you and, and they end up loving you. And that's really important. What a nice way to end up loving you, and that's really important. Maybe that's what the country is all about. That's where we're going to leave it. Sarah Britton from the Lads Store, appreciate your input, as well as Andy Rice. Thanks for your time, Andy, once again. And Alistair McQuenna from Draft FCB, appreciate your thoughts as well. So